ready to explore the extraordinary world of tech. Welcome to the XTech Podcast, where we connect you with the sharpest minds and leading voices in the global tech community. Join us as we cut through the complexity to give you a clear picture of the ideas, innovations, and insight that are shaping our future. Hello, and welcome to the X Tech Podcast by Fox Agency. I'm your host, Debbie Forster, MBE. I'm the CEO at the Tech Talent Charter and an advocate and campaigner for diversity, inclusion, and innovation in the tech industry. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Andy Sturick. He's the Chief Technologist and Chief Technology Officer at Adam Bank. Andy, thanks for joining me today. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. So, Andy, you know, we in the audience, it, we, we love to hear about what you do, but we love to understand who you are. And one of the great ways that, that I've found of getting to know someone is to understand how they found their way into tech. Was it was it some awake, you wake up one day and you're surprised that you found yourself in tech or were you one of those people born with a keyboard in your hand? How did you get in? Uh, well, yeah, I suppose close to the, the latter, actually. So, um, yeah, I always say I sort of started my career I think it was probably about seven or eight. Um, I I had to go into hospital for a couple of nights. I can't remember why, but I remember I, I wasn't very happy about it. And uh, to kind of cheer me up, I remember my father saying, "Oh, you know, I'll get you a present when you when you get out. So what do you want?" Uh, and I said, oh, "I want a computer." Which um, I suppose very generously, my my father said, "Okay, fine." <laughs> um, and he he got me his computer, and and that would have been early 80s so the computer i got was a commodore vic 20 um which was a brilliant home computer like you know back in the 80s the, the kind of explosion of home computers there was bbc's and and um or bbc b was the main one wasn't it and then uh yeah the vic 20 and then followed by the commodore 64 so i had one of those as well and the yeah, zx spectrum and all that kind of stuff so um yeah started started with that and and that, that was really the days um there were lots of computing magazines around and they had listings in the back and you typed them in and then there was these games that you, you typed in and invariably they had a mistake in the listings or, or maybe you miskeyed something, I suppose. And um, to, to fix that, I, I just got into kind of understanding what the commands were that I was kind of typing in and learned some basic. And then, um, so I was a real, we were a kind of Commodore family. And I think there was a, we had a Commodore 128 as well, I think. And, I think if I remember that had a built-in assembler and disassembler. So I then started writing with some machine code, which was quite hardcore. Uh, and then did, did some C and, and kind of all that stuff. So yeah, really kind of early um, childhood, I suppose, just as a computing as a hobby. Um, and then after that, I, I sort of thought I'm, I might as well do this, my hobby as a, as a degree. Um, so went to Manchester university, uh, to did a, uh, bachelor's and, and master's in, uh, it was called systems integration, but it was, it was basically computer science, um, that was, uh, sponsored by a, a, uh, old English computer company called ICL now part of Fujitsu. So, um, yeah, four year degree. So learn, yeah. Um, software engineering and, and, uh, some other stuff, uh, there. So that was really cool. Actually. I remember, um, sort of choosing which university and, um, I chose Manchester because there were bits, it was where the computer was invented. So there were bits of the first computer ever that were kind of just in the corridor. So that was, that was pretty, um, I thought that was pretty inspiring. So yeah, um, did that. And then, uh, yeah, then kind of um, 
started my career as a software engineer after that. So yeah, it was, it was, yeah, started my career when I was seven. You were hardcore. All right. So, and, I, and I know there'll be some youngsters in the audience listening, thinking, having no idea. But I know you just kicked off a whole wave of nostalgia for most, some of our audience of, oh, yeah, the backs of the magazines and all oh, my Commodore, et cetera. So there's going to be a lot of people digging through attics for old kit. But so you, you started as, as, as a you know, proper software engineer. But you didn't stay there. Talk me, talk me how where your hobby then became a career and then brought you to where you are today. Yeah, so um, yeah, started uh, as a as a software engineer. I was a software engineer for about 10, 12 years, and I, it was only sort of accidentally that I kind of turned to the dark side and ended up being a, a manager. And I, I, I absolutely consider myself a frustrated software engineer who's, who accidentally ended up doing this kind of management stuff. I, I write code in my spare time. I, I'd say I identify as a geek. That's, that's kind of who I am. But anyway, I ended up doing this, this sort of management stuff and I only, I only did it actually because it really was an accident. It was, I was doing a piece of work. Uh, I was working at Bank of America at the time um, so I'd worked in kind of various investment banks and, and hedge funds and, and yeah, for, for sort of 10 plus years and then uh, as a software engineer. And then I was, yeah, I was just doing a piece of work and it was just too much for me to do by myself. So my boss at the time said, okay, well, um, go and hire someone. So uh, I hired someone and, and two or three other people to have a, a little team. Um, and yeah, so it was, a, it was a real accident. But But I think I will say actually that because I never sort of intended to be sort of manager person that actually that really benefited me so say so kind of HR never got hold of me and gave me the course on how to be a manager and 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 the reason I think that's benefited is I, I didn't know what to do to be a manager and so I had these people working for me and the only thing I could think of doing was doing the stuff that stopped me being a software engineer when I was a you know doing my job as a software engineer before um and it turns out that's now a thing, right? And it's a, it's called servant leadership. Um, but I didn't know what it was. I just sort of did it by accident. And I think that served me really well, actually, that, you know, I just regard my job as um, taking the blockers out of the way of the people who are doing the real work. Um, you know, the, the real work is done by the, the software engineers, the BAs, the architects, the testers, the, um, you know, support people, whatever it is. They're, they're, they're the real people who, who do the real work. Um, my, I'm just overhead and and the where I can be least overheady overhead is to make their jobs as as you know productive yeah. as possible so so went to the dark side but you but you're staying true to your roots and we're not going to have a I am your father moment <laughs> this is more you you're, you're still trying to hold you know resist the dark side and going across this so Interestingly, having gone from big organization to big organization, done some some transformational work, you came to Atom. Now, I'm very familiar. I, I've worked in and around Atom Bank from when they were the newbies on the block, but not everybody in the audience will, will tell me about it. Can you give me a little bit of who and what Atom is? And then we'll talk about what you did when you came there. Yeah, so, so Atom, people have probably heard this phrase kind of neobanks. Um, and there, there were a, a few of them started around kind of 2014, 2015 time. Uh, we were actually the first one to get a banking license. So the, the first one to sort of go from being a fintech to actually being a bank. 
Um, so founded by um, a few different people, but but um, particularly the, the guy who's still the CEO, a guy called Mark Mullen. Um, he'd worked in, in various uh, big organizations and he just wanted to create a better bank. Um, and now we still talk about kind of making, you know, changing banking for the good, for the better for, for everyone. Um, and, and so, yeah, he, he founded this bank in a, in a way to do banking better. And uh, we're an app only based bank, so we don't have branches. Um, uh, yeah, first to get the, the banking license. So um, yeah, 2016, I think, uh, got the banking license. Um, so sort of coming towards 10 years old now, um, profitable now. So we made profit, uh, the first year last year. So, uh, just looking to yeah, grow. You've reached the promise. Yeah. Well, <laughs> You've reached the promise. And I, I can't take any credit for it. Right. It's the, I joined just as we started uh, making a profit, but, um, yeah, I mean, now the, 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 the key thing is to, to grow and, um, you know, be able to help even more customers, um, save and, and, uh, get mortgages and, and business, uh, loans as well. So that's actually a really interesting time to join a company because it's all very well being part of that startup, you know, just get in, get it done, hack it, get it out. And and that journey, you've come in at a point where, as you say, they've just started becoming profitable and it's 10 years on. So it, it's, it's starting to, to be a, a proper company. And you've come from big company back to this world that's startup, but more, it's no longer just startup. So, you know, what were your priorities when you came in? Yeah, I, I, so I actually think I wasn't always great at working in a big company. I would kind of often was fighting against the sort of big company thing of, of not being able to get stuff done. Um, so I always sort of was felt I was working in a quite sort of entrepreneurial way despite the big company. Um, so I, I, I think that's at least made my transition, you know, to a smaller company um, a, a bit easier. And I, and to a reasonable degree, I mean, that's why I was hired, right, to, to take the, 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 you know, the technology part of the, the company from being that startup um, to, you know, sort of scale up or grown up uh, company. So, I've been at Atom just over a year now, so spent probably the first two or three months just looking, trying to understand um, what was going on, um, and and it, that sort of inflection point is quite obvious, actually, or at least it was it was to me. Um, and it, you know, we we certainly don't want to lose that energy and and kind of just joy of a startup, but we we have to just do things in a different way and and you know otherwise we're not going to be able to scale and and grow the the, the ways we want. So um so a few examples of that things that I noticed. So first thing is it seemed like everyone was frantically busy uh just you know running around <laughs> but a bit kind of headless chicken running around. So um very, very busy but not actually producing um much right so so not not much output in terms of working software and changes getting to our customers and and not achieving the the outcomes that really we really wanted to so really one of the first things to do was was kind of stop that huge amounts of work in progress and and focus on a few things and and uh kind of stop starting and start finishing um so i mean that 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 phrase work in progress is a is a kind of lean uh thing and i'm i'm a massive fan of lean as a as a kind of way of thinking um and and I've, the thing i would say about lean is that it's a bit unfortunate there's quite often the intuitive solution to a problem is is 
not the right one, right, from a lean perspective. And you can kind of prove it, actually, sometimes mathematically. So, you know, I, I, I said about, you know, starting lots or well, lots of things had been started because intuitively, well, the sooner you start something, the sooner you finish, right? I mean, clearly that just makes sense, it, except when if all you do is start and never finish anything, you never finish anything, right? Because you're just too busy jumping from one thing to another and you don't actually finish anything. And and similarly, you know, we, we didn't have a problem with with incidents causing change, but um, often, you know, incidents do cause change or, or change causes incidents. Um, uh, and so the, the intuitive thing is, well, you do, small, you know, fewer changes then, right? Batch stuff up into, into change and do fewer of them. Well, Unfortunately, that's just wrong as well, right? The way to to have fewer um, incidents as a result of change is to do loads of change until you get really good at it. Um, so we were definitely uh, sort of exhibiting a few of those kind of lean anti patterns. Um, so other things we were we were quite sort of functionally siloed. So there was the the architect team and the business analysis team, the engineering team, the testing team, and they were kind of handing work between each other. Um, and anytime you get a handoff of work in that flow, then you get a break in the flow of work and the work stops often. Uh, and again, that that just leads to to not achieving that those kind of outcomes and and the flow of work is is not very good. So um we we changed that to um and, and those those kind of silos were also uh, we're quite project oriented and and so we changed all of that around to be um much more product oriented and we now have multidisciplinary teams that are aligned to business value streams so uh you know we've got teams around savings uh business lending uh residential mortgages and then uh some of the sort of other back office stuff and underpinned by a kind of horizontal platform um organization so uh, so that really helped, and and actually those multidisciplinary teams are truly multidisciplinary as well. So this was changes we made not just in the technology organisation, but across the rest of the organisation as well. So um, we've brought in product managers and and people with really good product digital product management uh, skills, and now we have people, you know, whether they're from the commercial team or ops, product, technology, whatever, all working together properly as a multidisciplinary product or value stream aligned team. And that's working really, really well. And I mean, all of those things are are really valuable, whatever the company size, isn't it? I mean, because I think for so many of us, if we turn around and look at our team, whether we're in a big multinational or we're talking about a startup and it happens easy in startup and you know, it's, like, it's very easy to get complacent. Oh, we're startup, we're lean by definition, we're, that's in our DNA. But I love that thinking about as a good leader and manager, even if it is the dark side, it is stepping back and watching and just understanding that distinction between busy and delivering is powerful. And, and looking at, I love the way you really talk about this is about cutting through intuition and to really look and to, and sometimes slower is better. Sometimes nothing is better than something. Stopping is better than going and being willing to challenge those things. And that's really, as you say, that is what undercuts all of lean. It is that anti-pattern. It's that stopping and thinking. And that's something that any organization, any size can be looking. And I think it, it always is, is sensible for us to, one, when we're coming to a new organization, but I think it's important for us as managers to step back sometimes to look at where we're comfortable and look in that way. And the last thing, that multidisciplinary approach, that shift I'm hearing again and again from guests of rethinking this, not projects, 
but products, building teams that are multidisciplinary, of breaking down those silos. And it's important to remember, as you say, only 10 years old, not a big multinational. We as humans naturally start building our silos. And, and part of our jobs, if we're going to be great in tech, is about always looking to tear down those silos, those patterns, that relying on intuition and, and busy must be good, I think is, is really, really powerful. And I should say, you know, we need to focus on optimizing for the things that matter, right? So the, the thing that really matters is actually the outcomes we're trying to achieve, which, you know, for, for a, a technology organization, and I absolutely regard the whole of Atom effectively as a technology organization, you know, we're, we're really a tech company with a banking license. The outcomes that matter is working software in the hands of our customers that, that our customers love, right? So does it actually matter whether every individual person in Atom is busy at any one time? No, it absolutely doesn't, right? Optimize for the flow of work, not for everyone being busy. Because if everyone's busy all the time, then you won't really get much flow. There is a way to actually think, really visualize that actually, which is think about a, a motorway, right? You can either have utilization or you can have flow. Massive maximum utilization of a motorway is when it's at a standstill in a, in like the M25 <laughs> in rush hour. There's no flow, right? And and not only that, the wait times have gone to almost infinity, right? So so don't aim for 100% utilization because you have no flow and you'll wait forever, right? So so that, that's actually a way that you can actually visualize it and think of it intuitively. Keep an eye out for tailbacks, right? Yeah, keep an eye on the shape. So, uh, you know, another thing that I have absolutely loved about Adam and, you know, with my work on diversity inclusion, they absolutely jumped on my radar not long ago because in the midst of everyone rethinking virtual working, hybrid working and, and flexible working, Adam took a, an exponential leap ahead on this experiment of moving to a four day week. Can you talk to me about that and how it's going? Because uh, me and a lot of people are leaning back wanting to know how has that worked? Because you properly shifted the organization, yeah. everyone, to a four-day week. Talk me through that. Yeah, so I mean, I think that this is one of the reasons that, that the founders founded the, the the bank, right, was to actually just be able to try stuff like this. You very rarely in a in a career actually get to, to you know, actually really run an organization and think, hey, this might be a good idea. Let's try. Um so the thinking was everyone would be happier and, um, you know, more well, if that's the right way of saying it, uh, mm -hmm. you know, a, a better wellness, uh, you know, mental health, particularly, uh, you know, this, we, so we did this sort of tail end of the pandemic. Obviously, lots of people had a really rough time and mental health was, was a really big, um, it had taken a really big hit for a load of people. Um, it, it's not entirely altruistic in the sense of that there's there's nothing in it for the bank we you know it really helps our our talent attraction and retention because yeah. who, who wouldn't want to work four days rather than five so the the, the way that um it, it worked was so they did a big trial first of all and i actually joined kind of kind of in the middle of the trial i suppose um so the 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 actual way sort of contractually it worked was the the normal contractual hours were something like 37 and a half hours, I think over five days, it's now switched to 34 hours over four days. So effectively 10% um, less time to so 10% fewer hours, uh, but for the same pay, but split over four um, days rather than five. So each day is nominally slightly uh, longer um, to make up the, the sort of 10%. Um, so you can 
choose to really have Monday off or Friday off, it kind of helps if everyone really, in at least in a group, um, takes the same day off. Uh, so in technology, we really mainly work uh, ha- uh, work on Monday to Thursday, and and pretty much everyone has Friday off. Obviously, we have to cover um, Friday, you know, technology and the customer service team, all the rest of it. But you know, we were doing that over Saturday and Sunday anyway, so it really was only an extension of a existing on call rotor and all that kind of stuff. So you know, really, that's not a big deal. Um, so yeah, we we tried it. The all the we were quite a, a, a sort of metrics driven company, and so had lots and lots of metrics about uh, you know sickness and um uh and actually what we were achieving and all the rest of it so uh absolutely no drop in in achieving the outcomes and getting work done and and all the rest of it um you know hugely happier people so that you know a question something about uh you know do you look forward to starting work on a monday and it, it went you know through the roof right so people now just you know they feel so much more rested um after the the weekend that people are now really raring to go on a monday Fantastic. um or or maybe a, or tuesday depending on when they started i mean from from my point of view you know on on a friday i get you know i've got three three uh, girls they're all at school on a friday for for you know most of the year uh, so i get an actual um friday to myself uh, which means that i'm i'm you know feeling <laughs> less well, I don't mind being the taxi driver at the, week, the rest of the weekend at that point because I've had my day yeah. to myself. Uh, and then by Monday, yeah, I can't wait to get back into it. So it, every metric is is positive um, and we're just never going back. And Andy, I, I, I love the way you go about it because I remember when you were talking about it and I would mention that Anna Bank was doing this, you get the gasp because there's always these myths, oh, you can't be doing that. And it's it's really powerful because you cut through a lot of those myths because you had your metrics, because it was interesting when people say, well, surely productivity is going to go down. And but a lot of those people, when I'd ask and say, well, how are you measuring currently your productivity? You'd get a bit of um and ah. And, and so it's, well, OK, do you even know how engaged your workers are? Do you know how productive? So it's setting and understanding what does productivity mean? And, you know, your focus on delivering versus busy, it's understanding. And it's it's something I powerfully believe in. What I've seen in my work with the Tech Talent Charter is it's not just about social justice or being nice to people, that actually what we're discovering in really factual metric to given ways is this is smart business. And so being clear about the business benefits here because this is helping you with recruitment this is helping you with uh, retention this is helping you with engagement and motivation and those sorts of things and then you started as an experiment yeah and we we made it very clear that it was an experiment and that it wasn't a done deal but you know it turned out it was a very successful experiment and now it is a done deal so we've made the changes to everyone's contracts and that's it so we're we're done it is successful Lovely. All right. When I throw that down is the gauntlet for companies to look at, because it's something that in in my background in looking at this, we're always looking for those examples of of success and cutting through the myth. And you're showing it can be done, not just be done, but it can be successful. So fantastic. I want to I want to talk to you about that as, as time goes on. Let's take a step back. You know, I I love to hear when I'm talking to technologists like yourself, think a little bit about the horizon 
you know, what what beyond what's just to the world of, of Adam and, and et cetera. What's on the horizon in tech that worries or frustrates you at the moment? So it's probably not, not a specific thing that frustrates me. I mean, uh, clearly, you know, that right now there's a whole load of stuff about, um, you know, generative AI and, and all that. And, and yeah, it's a, you know, a, a pretty big thing. And, and we need to, um, you know, make sure that we're going to use it in the right way. And I'm sure there'll be, you know, huge, uh, more really looking, obviously, and we, you know, we've got some good ideas about how that can uh, really help us and, and help our customers. You know, that, along with every other new bit of technology, the thing that frustrates me is that will not be some magic silver bullet, right? And I think it's it's too often that that people are just constantly looking for the next big thing and, you know, well, yeah, just looking for a silver bullet and some kind of like shortcut to glory. Um, and it, I mean, I don't know whether this sounds depressing or not, right? I just think that the technology most of the time is just really bright people working hard um, and keeping at <laughs> it, right? And I'm, I'm sorry, there is no magic bullet, silver bullet, right? Um, you know, I, I love what I do, so I don't sort of really feel like it's that hard work, right? But I've been doing it for really quite a long time now. And um, yeah, so it's a good job. I love it. Uh, but but there hasn't been any magic silver bullet. And I just don't think there ever will be. Um, so I think that's the bit that that frustrates me that that, you know, every time something new, you know, with blockchain or, or quantum or, you know, whatever it is, it's like, it, it, those people go, oh, this, this is it. Now we're done. It's like, no, none of the other things were. What makes you think this one again, is? It's just, it's a hype curve. It's another course, hype yeah. curve. And it's just, and I think the, the world of the way media has moved more and more towards clickbait right. and, and that sort of outrageous talk. It, and, and we just have to understand within tech, hold our nerve, do what we know, which is know your job, know your business, know your problems, know your users, and then adapt and use whatever tech is throwing at you next. It's just, it's another tool. So, so I'm not, you know, for a moment saying that, that ignore all the new things, right? I mean, so, you know, cloud was, was the big new thing at one point and, you know, we, we, we don't have any data centers or legacy kind of stuff like that at Atom. We're, you know, entirely cloud-based and I can't, you know, even contemplate going back to being kind of data center based organization. But, you know, and there's, there's uh, because there's massive advantages of, of being in the, the cloud. Um, but it hasn't meant that I've suddenly, you know, got no engineers doing anything. I mean, they're just doing things just in a different way and a more effective way and a more productive way. And AI will be exactly the same as that. I, I don't think it's going to replace you know, software engineers or testers or architects or whatever it is will make them loads more productive, right? So the, you know, co-pilot stuff, you know, it's brilliant. It really helps you write code. It doesn't write great code all the time and you still need someone who understands whether it's good code or all that kind of stuff. So I think it will make people massively more productive, but it's not going to be the thing that, okay, we're done now. We we will never be done. It's bright people working hard for a long time. Keep calm and carry on. Absolutely, I, So yeah. that, that's the message from Mandy. <laughs> Good. Is there anything that you're excited about or, or makes you feel hopeful? Well, so I, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose from an Atom point of view in particular, you know, we're, so we're, we're profitable now. We've got loads of, of really great, um, uh, you know, growth plans that, that we're absolutely confident of achieving them. Uh, and I think, you know, we, we've kind of proved we can do that not at the expense of our our customers or our staff. So, 
you know, we we have market leading rates for savings in particular, right? We've got a big social media campaign at the moment called Get Paid Not Played, which just talks about how we've passed on the the rate rises to our savings customers way more than and and, and other smaller banks to, as well, to be fair, right? but but way more than the big banks. Um, and you know, we're we're just being more fair, I think, than than some of the big banks. So we're you know we're not profitable at the expense of our customers, uh, and we're we're not you know pleasing our customers and doing great stuff at the expense of our staff because we have people who work four days a week are um yeah our engagement scores are absolutely brilliant so that that makes me really positive i i love my job okay. and long may it last and I, and I think it is there's so many times where we can see all the bad news stories in tech but then you can see companies who are doing the right thing doing the right thing by customers and their people and being profitable. So it, there are good news stories and we can still love our jobs. So, and then, you know, thinking more broadly, because of course, top of the list would be this podcast, <laughs> but is there anything else you're reading or watching or listening to that, that inspires you, gets you excited, you're interested, but gets the brain going? Uh, yeah. Well, so, so, I mean, reading wise again so from a, a work point of view i'm a massive fan of all the it revolution books so uh i mean i've got a, a feel my desk right here so i've got the john smart sooner safer happier book i've got accelerate by nicole forsgren i've got team topologies got the goal uh by eli Goldratt. uh you know that's the predecessor to the the phoenix project so uh all of those books i think are absolutely brilliant and uh, you know a load of the the kind of ideas about changes um that that um we we've kind of made and I made it to several companies really uh come from that so I thoroughly recommend those um to people um outside of that so our office is up in in Durham uh, northeast of England and I live uh, down south in Surrey so I have quite quite a long drive uh, every kind of two or three weeks when I'm up there so I do listen to a lot of podcasts actually um so uh really good ones recently i suppose i listened to 13 minutes to the moon so it's a bbc world service podcast talks about Lovely. uh when the apollo 11 uh capsule was um in lunar orbit and they said go for powered descent and then the 13 minutes after that till they actually reached the moon that was a brilliant brilliant series so I recommend that to everyone uh, there's another one called Lazarus Heist. It's about North Korean hackers and um, how they're like uh, just you know using Bitcoin and fraud and all sorts of stuff to fund um, uh, nuclear uh, you know North Korea's nuclear uh, power program is kind of scary but really interesting how they've uh, gone about doing that. And then uh, so it's right now how to win the Ashes because um, uh, I'm a <laughs> massive cricket fan and I've got. Um, <laughs> The, the score on one of my other monitors and uh, the England batsmen are doing uh, quite well this afternoon. So I've, I've, we've probably <laughs> lost a couple of wickets since we've been having the podcast, but I'm hoping not. Fingers crossed. Because uh, we need to okay. we need to avenge uh, Ed, Edgbaston and uh, get back to even in the ashes. <laughs> all right. Well, we've covered it all. We've talked over computers since they're seven, going over to the dark side, four-day week, and, and finishing with cricket. Where else but the UK would we have one like that? So listen, Andy, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of x It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. If you're a tech innovator and would like to appear as a guest on the show, email us now at xtech at fox.agency. And finally, thank you to the team of experts at Fox Agency who make this podcast happen. 
I'm Debbie Forster, and you've been listening to the X-Tech Podcast. Keep exploring the world of tech. Subscribe to our podcast and never miss an episode. To discover more opportunities for global B2B tech brands, visit fox.agency today.